Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. You got your water, Brady? I got it. We're good to go. Ted, you're good? I don't have water. Okay. <laughs> I don't have water. Whatever. Okay. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and now I'm signing off. I am... Uh... Honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the PP1 podcast. We got the full bench tonight, and we got an extra. He is a beauty. We got Dan Murphy. The Dan one. freaking Murphy, I man. know. Did I not tell you? I'm excited. I, I did tell you. Um, first and foremost, our man out in Vancouver, the closest man to our guest, uh, Brady. How's it going this week? Hey, guys. Uh, it's going pretty well. Getting pretty slammed with uh, schoolwork, but I'm here, ready to talk to some Canucks. Excellent. Ready to talk to Dan. Really looking forward to it. Ted, how's it going, bud? It's good, man. As you know, we're a little locked down here, just like the rest of the province. So, uh, yeah, we're we're back on the home pod and just going as it goes. It's a different. I was getting used. I got a new uh, new microphone cord for you. Um, same oh, as the, like I know just like the technology was right there I'm like well I guess I can't use this so whatever it's fine we'll we'll wait it out we'll wait the COVID out the round three or whatever round we're on here and yeah I was getting I was getting used to podcasting right next to you it was getting it was fun we haven't done that for a while and then we hit it for like four straight weeks and then it's but a distant memory now you know what it's okay it's all right we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine I got my uh my Pulp Fiction gritty and uh, uh Philly Fanatic tea on they got a, a t-shirt gun and uh, a hot dog gun. Is anybody even, is there any other mascots even close to Gritty right no, now? not even. Not even close. No. No. Like no. nothing. He's the mascot of all mascots. Like maybe Yuppie, but he's not like aggressive and like would actually like push your kid over. <laughs> you know? So. No, Gritty is above all like the best mascot. He's just something else. <laughs> I love Gritty. I love him to pieces. All right, well. Murph is knocking at the door, so I'm going to let him in. Perfect. All right, boys, let's get into this. So, Dan, 
you've covered some of the biggest athletes on the planet. Um, you started out, I guess, even covering the Grizzlies. Did you cover the Jordan game? And if you did, have you ever seen another athlete that's rivaled that kind of like that height? I didn't cover the game, but I did go to the game. Uh, at that time, I was working uh, part time at Sports Page in Vancouver. And I was volunteering with Orca Bay uh, in their library. So like taking game tapes and storing uh, highlights and entering the computer. So when they would search later on for whatever, they could find it. Right. So I, I asked as part of this volunteering, if I could get tickets to that game. So I was at that game, but I also saw some, some good uh, footage uh, of the practice out in Richmond and Jordan being there and all the cameras being there. The sports page was there. So I didn't, I didn't cover it. I was there, which was great. I don't know. Like I'd say that I, I, some other moments where you're kind of in the you know area of greatness. The 2000 Canadian Open. I was an on-course commentator, and I don't know why I was doing. It. I mean, I love golf, and I, they knew that. But it was like Peter Roosterhouse and you know, and me. I'm like, this, this guy's like won a tournament, and I'm just some herb. But I was at that tournament uh, when Tiger hit a shot on 18. Uh, to oh, make birdie yeah. to win. So I was right behind the green when he hit that. And although my broadcasting duties had been over for a half an hour, because I think I had Sergio Garcia that day, uh, just to be there for that was was really cool. And uh, more recently, just the, the Sabine's last home game, being on the ice. Uh, so as soon as it ended, I got to be on the ice. I saw them skating around, doing their laps. Uh, um, and so to be that kind of, to feel the energy the building from the actual playing surface was something I hadn't had before in hockey so that was kind of cool as well yeah that one must have been really you know uh, kind of an emotional thing probably more so for someone like you than than the fans because i mean you essentially kind of grew up with those guys right i mean you were there from day one all the way through those long careers and 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 people people speaking on their behalf i mean that must have just been a, a crazy crazy experience yeah and it was it was good too because you remember this was like year four of the team just being terrible Right. The building hadn't been excited for anything for a long time. And uh, for them to win the game in overtime, for Daniel to score the winner, uh, the electricity was something they hadn't felt since kind of being in the building in the 2011 run, basically. Uh, so that was another really cool aspect. And then when you're when you're kind of uh, when you're a part of it in something like that, you want to be as little a part of it as possible. So I was just crushing my brain trying to think of the shortest questions I could ask to try to elicit a response. So all that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was super fun. And, you know, when you're down there, you're trying to soak it in, but also you're preparing for when they're going to come over, what are you going to ask who, which guy's going to be where. So, uh, but I did, I managed to soak in quite a bit. That one. It's a lot of fun. All right, Dan, I got a question for you. Um, you know, you've obviously been in the business covering the Canucks a long time. You've seen a lot of great teams come through for the Vancouver Canucks. How does the uh, the 2020 team stack up to, compared to some of the great teams you've you've had a privilege to to cover? It's a little bit different, um, and, and this era is a little bit different because so I started in 2001, 2002, um, and so the Twins were playing, but they were the secondary guys, right? It was still the, the Morrison, Bertuzzi, Maslin, Blind. Uh, so that's kind of when I first started, but they were a little bit uh, hadn't quite established themselves. But then you had this whole period from then until really now where since the team was never rebuilding, uh, it was always quite competitive and quite good. So there's never really any high draft picks that people got pumped up for here, like never any like mm -hmm. franchise cornerstones. Like every year I had to go to, you know, the, to Penticton for the 
a Young Stars or whatever it's called, the, the Prospects Tournament. And every year, the Oilers are bringing out a first overall pick. And I think I was talking about Cody Hawson for like four years. <laughs> right? like it's, so it's, it's so different now that it, you're covering this team that is really based around two guys for the most part, but you know, four or five very young players. And it's never been that way. So it's different now, I, I, I don't think the team is, like, going into 2010, 2011, you're like, okay, this team is going to win. The team's going to have 100 points plus, easy. You've got two guys that are going to be up there for major awards. It was different, the expectations. I don't think it would be that great this year, but um, it's just the first time covering the team that it's all about two guys that are barely 20. It's, it's still weird to think that like this is the team that we're getting excited about now. Like we've, you're right. We've waited for, for so like the, the bad years, the dark times. I mean, a lot of people don't even remember the last dark time because most of this current generation of fan base wasn't alive. <laughs> so. No question. And, um, you know, and then you just, during some of those years where you didn't have high draft picks, you're just hoping that one of these other picks can do something, but really not a did over the course of, of those years but it is it's, it is so different um because forever it was uh, it was daniel and Henry, right that's what it was it was, it was like the sedines and it was bow yeah now it's bow and he's been there for since 2015 yeah. uh, playoffs anyway so yeah it, it is a lot different and it's different the fact too that i'm you know i'm 50 years old now right when i first started i was kind of the same age as some of them and now like i'm older than a, some of their dads so it's a little different going into season that way too. Wait, 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 wait. I Let's had no idea you were 50. We gotta back this up just a bit. You wait, are you saying you weren't jacked up about Cody Hodson? I mean, I was ecstatic about it. <laughs> I was. I mean, I, of course I was about any of these these draft picks they had. And he was, you know, tenth overall pick and he was, you know, captaining world junior teams and putting on performances. So I think in Vancouver there were every right to be excited. Uh, for a player like that and um, you know believe me any new storyline you could have I would take because it was, the nucleus was, was so consistent for so long uh, that you had to kind of pick on the third defenseman or someone on the on the fourth line try to get some new stories so I was open to whoever they could get that could make some noise. Hey speaking of jacked up <laughs> I was in the kitchen washing dishes and uh, my wife says what the heck happened to Dan Murphy and I come in the living room and she's like Look at him. He's he's jacked. What's mm -hmm. going on with you during COVID? Have you found the gym? Have you found some time, some Dan time to get going here? Because I man, just, people people noticed. Smaller shirts. It's no different. It hasn't been I've basically been the same since 2005. I think the same weight. Uh, I just maybe finding smaller t-shirts now. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing it wrong. I just need the I just need better t-shirts then. No, what I will say during <laughs> the pandemic, alcohol defeated fitness and defeated it quite soundly. And continues to do so. There you go. You're, keep, okay, you're keeping it pretty good, though, one. Murph. I mean, uh, I, I think everybody kind of knew that, uh, you know, you're a pretty fit guy as long as you've been on the TV that we've seen. And those comments have definitely uh, floated around as Twitter and Facebook and everything. Um, like, did you work out? I, I had heard rumors anyway. Like, did you work out with, like, a handful of the team? Or did you work out with them when they were in the gym? Or No, we pretty much stay away. Um yeah, you see, and on the road, those guys don't hardly lift weights during the season, right? And might do a little lift after. So it's more the coaching staff, uh, uh, hotels and stuff like that. You might, you know, Travis or Nolan Baumgartner's in all the time, Manny Malhotra's a machine. Yeah. Uh, so more of the staff than anyone. So 
Uh, but yeah, my, my rule is always like on the road, you knew you had to, yeah, I wanted to do two or three things. So if I was going to drink, then I had to eat right and work out. And so I was consuming my bad calories and, and alcohol, not food. Wow. As long as it was, as long and, as it was and, like good alcohol. Guys with, guys I work with don't live by those same rules. Yeah. We've heard that story a few times. <laughs> Finger foods galore. Um, you mentioned sports page. Um, I kind of came in on sports page a little bit later than, a lot, but uh, I still kind of got the last couple years of it before it went under. Um, it's a big part of a lot of uh, British Columbians or sports fans. Um, you know, their upbringing um, gave starts to a lot of the voices and faces that we pretty much see across not just BC, but um, across even the national landscape for for sports. Um, have you guys, and I mean, I know this would be super tough to do, but has there ever been any kind of a hint at like a one-off reboot for like a Yulin with the page, like just everybody gets together and like just just one of those things where like I don't know how you, the heck you promote it across the you know the rival brands, but yeah. uh, like is that is that something that ever got talked about even like a YouTube or a Zoom kind of thing? We always talk about you know wouldn't it be great if you could do it again? It's just so difficult to compete with major networks now with a regional program. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, I'm saying I grew up in that. I watched you with the page all the time and plays of the month and stuff like that. So. There's no way that, that Rogers or Bell would allow, um, you know, us to get together and do something because they basically own, they basically own you, <laughs> they own your voice and your, your, they own your rights. So there, there's no chance that they would let, uh, you know, me get together with Don Taylor and, and do some sort of special show. Um, now, when Sports Page had the exhibit at the BC Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, they allowed me to go on radio on on Bell Radio, a couple stations to talk about things. So that that's where there was some cross promotion. Right on. I will say the one time that and this and this is this is not the two networks working with other each other, but maybe not watching each other. There was um, an April first, three seasons ago, two seasons ago, maybe three, and yeah. uh, the Canucks were doing something that day. So I had to file a report, and Farhan Lalji had to file a report. It was on April Fool's Day, and so we said. Why don't we write the exact same story, word for word, same clips, same stand-up, same stand-up location, file, and see if anyone notices. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the sneaky long troll. Yeah. 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 So we haven't had another game on April 1st. Otherwise, we might try it again. Wow. So there's no way like we could see like an unofficial Zoom or something where you guys, I mean, because these things happen. Hey, let's let's yeah. be serious. But that, uh, like, they literally they own basically all of your words aside from stuff like this. Well, I guess you could do a reunion, just post it, and say, "Hey, we're just talking about times." That would be no problem. But in terms of actually putting something on the air, uh, we couldn't do that. And I still work out of that office where I first started. This no way. TV building. I'm back in the same office that we were way back in the day, um, working with Don and Barry and Randor from Shorthouse and those guys. That's awesome. That's it, it still warms my heart, but we'll, we're going to find a way to do this. Our yes. the, the PP one podcast, we're going to spearhead this and we're going to, I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe we'll do find a way that some kind of charity can benefit from this, but uh, we need to see a, a one-off reboot because it just needs to happen. If friends can get a reboot or fresh prints, definitely a sports page can get one. Well, maybe if I find I'm getting fired, I can just do it. <laughs> just let us know your last day. And we'll, we'll make sure that uh, we get everything put together. So, um, obviously we've got you, you, you cover the Canucks. You've, you've done a lot with this team. Um, I guess let's get into kind of the, 
I guess the current situation, the NHL still figures that they're going to have that we've heard anyway, like an 82 game season, apparently starting January 1st. Logistically, you've been on the road and you've seen how these seasons kind of pan out. As far as your take, like how realistic is that? And I I know they're going to have to talk at some point because, you know, people have to be traveling. There has to be quarantine, this, that and the other what is your take on this? Like, what do you see happening? What do you see as the final, the result? I think it's going to be a 48 game season that starts last week of January or first week of February. That's kind of the way I see it going. I don't know whether yet, if they're going to have four regional bubbles. I know a lot of owners want to put people in the buildings and markets where they're allowed to. Um, uh, I don't know when this is running, but you know, see Baltimore Ravens now have a ma- massive problem with COVID. So you're, you're going to have hiccups because you're not going to have strict bubbles. The players will not agree to that at all. You might have to, if there is bubbles and it's in Edmonton, you fly to Edmonton, you play eight games in 14 nights, you go home for a week, practice, see your family, test negative four times in a row, go back into the bubble or whatever. If that's the bubble cities, uh, that's where I see it going. And if, and if it's not like that, maybe you have, Vancouver and Calgary fly to Edmonton and play like a little jamboree, right? Get a bunch of games out of the way and then go back because the players are not going to be in a strip bubble again. That's, that's off the table. I think they'll figure it out. I don't know how much more the players will have to get back. And if they do have to give something back, what, what are they going to get? Expanded, expanded playoffs? I'm not sure. But I really think it's going to be 48 games. Kind of like the lockout shortened season when the Hawks won the Cup. I think that was a 48-game season. It started in late January. Yeah. I bet it looks something like that. Hmm. Do you think there's any chance that there isn't an NHL season next year? I don't think so. Uh, and although, I mean, uh, you know, Gary usually guides the governors pretty well. Um, maybe they're angry now that maybe he messed up with that agreement. He, he took with a return to play and was a little too generous to the players. And now they're worried because they can't have uh, fans in the stands. But I think Gary will ultimately let them know that, you know, we can't go away for a whole year again. I mean, MLB is going the NFL forges ahead. Um, Major League Soccer did it. Uh, we have to figure out a way to have some sort of a, a regular season and, and make this go forward because, um, you know, to be off the radar for a full year, a full season, it's really damaging. And maybe not so in, in Canada. It would hurt, uh, but in some other, other markets. I, I mean, I think we all hope there's a season. I, I just can't see oh. Gary losing out to the NBA and not having uh, any skin in the game. That's not his style. So. No. And I, I, the, whatever they agree to, it's going to be have a million contingencies. If this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do this. Um, the thing I'm interested in is, like, how are they going to deal with – are you going to be allowed to carry six, seven more players than usual that are on a traveling taxi squad? Because if Utica's playing – you can't get players up here that don't quarantine for 14 days. So I'm really interested for yeah. Calgary too, that's got, uh, you know, the farm team in, in California. Like how are they going to allow these teams to, to carry these guys? And it kind of sucks for that, those players development that they're going to be just getting skated every day and not playing. But that's one kind of thing that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, be resolved. Yeah. And how do you decide who's going to be on that? I mean, like, for lack of a better term, a black aces squad, right? I mean, it's going to be essentially like a, an NFL practice squad, just, a little bit smaller so who who gets to stay on the farm for for development who gets to stay with the big club as a you know a semi-seasoned pro what's the stance going to be like that I don't I mean have you heard any rumblings of what teams are talking about in terms of strategy for something like that it end up I haven't heard much but I, I think it would end up being kind of like you know preseason games you have to have so many veterans dress and so 
Um, I think they would have to leave the guys that need to develop. You wouldn't have Colind or Gadjevich on your on your traveling squad. You wouldn't. They have to play games. Um, uh, and whichever defenseman doesn't make it, whether it's Rathbone or Rafferty or Chatfield, you, you know, maybe you have to keep Chatfield there because he could play for you if you need him. But I think you need to have these other guys playing games. So I think you'll see guys that are a little further along in their AHL careers. Um, and if it looks like it's going to be long-term and then you really want to see if one of your kids has it, send them up in the quarantine for a couple of weeks and then get them in when it's over. That makes sense. I like it. What, what have you, I mean, have you thought about what maybe what that seventh defenseman spot looks like with this squad? I mean, I think that's, I know we're kind of straying off topic a little bit here, but just because it was brought up, I mean, there's a lot of names that are floating around for guys that could possibly win that spot with two being open. Do you have a guy that you like? Well, I, I mean, you love, he's making the team for sure. Okay. That's a guarantee. Um, so here's the, here's the dilemma. Like uh, he's already got Nate Schmidt playing his offside, right. In all likelihood. And Travis Green doesn't like to do that, but he'll do it for, for Nate Schmidt. So you need a right-hand shot guy. Um, Levy's not one. Jordy Ben is not one. He can play the offside, but again, Travis is not going to want two guys in the offside. Uh, Rafferty's not one. Rathbone's not one. So I just kind of see Chatfield having a little bit of an edge in that situation. I think he'll be one of these seven defensemen. Um, and maybe he has a chance to play on that side. But it's, it, I think the, the third defense pairing right now is a huge question mark. I mean, they can run the top four guys out there a lot, but if with an injury or if you get into PK and stuff like that, I, I think it's going to be really interesting because I don't think he – well, first off, he didn't play Jordy Ben on his normal side last year, so why would he pay him on his offside this year? And Chatfield is not signed, has never played an NHL game, but right now, to me, that kind of seems like the option on that third pair. I mean, you got to start – you have to start somebody at some point. So whether yep. it's, you know, Yolevi at some point, he was going to get in and did – um, Chatfield, like everyone has to have their first game. So I, I get that. I mean, I believe the talent is there. We have no idea he could be an absolute bust. And at the same time, he could be a developing uh, defenseman that, uh, you know, we actually can get excited about, but we have no clue. So, I mean, if we're talking about the third pairing, I mean, typical Canucks nation, like these are, these, these are the details we need to know. So, I think the question is about the seventh defenseman, actually, not even the third pairing. Yeah, so. Sorry. Yeah. That's uh, even a little bit more specific. Um, Dan, being that you've covered the Canucks and you talked about uh, the massive run that they've been on and we've had, we've been spoiled and, you know, we feel entitled that we should have been spoiled because we've never won a cup and all we've ever had is just good teams and that's about it. But when the Canucks did miss the playoffs, this new team came out of uh, nowhere, this, this bunch of misfits, the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, Sportsnet gave you the, the nod to, uh, to be the guy. Now, I've been to a Vegas game out there, and first and foremost, as a fan, it's absolutely amazing. But to go on, I mean, who knew they were going to make that run? To be the guy in the building night in and night out for an epic run like that in an inaugural season, um, Mm -hmm. especially after covering the Canucks, and this is just kind of uncharted territory for a lot of other teams, what was it like to, to be in that atmosphere for that run? And, I mean, second question you had to have gone to a few pretty decent restaurants while you're down there. Um, well, first off, it was loud. I mean, that building was crazy, crazy loud. And I, and I remember hearing, I covered the cup final in 02 and a rally was loud, but then they got busted for pumping the noise back to the speakers. So I'm going to cancel that one out. So in terms of building, I could not hear So you wear earpieces, right? So you can hear the producer and stuff and you can hear your voice. I couldn't hear myself. Couldn't hear direction. 
that's how loud it was. And there's, you know, fire firing off in the sky. And, uh, but you're right. Like the, the, the bus in the city was even in Vegas, like around the golden Knights was pretty cool. Like, um, you know, this was their team. It was not, it's not the Raiders even that have moved there. This was, you know, a team from, from the ground up. And so there was a really sense of ownership. And so, but that building, I, I had my doubts when Vegas was awarded the team. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Now the success they've had early has really helped them. But um, yeah, de definitely as far as like some of the moments in my broadcasting career, uh, the, the first two rounds that I covered in Vegas was, was great. Now, maybe I shouldn't have gone up there and done the air horn before the game. <laughs> uh, the Sharks weren't happy that I did that, but, uh, and I'm sure the fans were like, who the fuck is yeah, this, this guy? guy. <laughs> but they were going crazy anyway, but uh, it was a lot of fun, that, uh, that building. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically, I've told everybody that uh, if you haven't been there, it's essentially like a giant club with a hockey game in the middle. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. there's four DJs around the concourse and it's, there's no stoppage of play essentially. It's, yeah. there's hockey and then there's entertainment and there's hockey again. Mm -hmm. And it just goes for like almost three hours. Yeah. yeah it took me like uh, from the concourse, I had to get over to directly across from me. The grand who was there and I was interviewing him in game. And I had literally like 10 minutes to walk up the flight of stairs, walk halfway around the concourse and get down, which is plenty of time. And I almost didn't make it. No. The concourses were so packed. You couldn't go fast enough through all these people. And I couldn't talk to my producer because there was no reception. And I was like, I'm not going to make this here. They're going to come to me and I won't be there. Anyways, barely got there. Sweating. So restaurants, what was, uh, what, what may mega restaurants have you been down? down there uh so you're you're talking to kind of a non uh, a foodie i mean i went to nobu when i was there uh um i went to a burger joint that uh and i can't even tell you where it was maybe it was in um cosmo okay and uh it had this tempura avocado uh, on top of the burger which was really good i remember that but i i stayed fairly i, I probably should be admonished for this but i stayed fairly close uh, to the hotel so i didn't do a lot of, of fine dining that's for sure hey it's ryan from the pp1 podcast on crier media if you're looking for a spot to advertise your company your brand your cheese wheel some beer maybe some donuts this is the spot reach out to me via dm on twitter or instagram at always 94 and i'd be more than happy to chat with you worst case scenario we just become best friends and how awesome does that sound Nothing at the Venetian, no going to Tao or something like that. I've been to Tao before, but not this time. Okay. No, I didn't. And did no. you have the giant, uh, the giant fortune cookie? <laughs> I not have the giant fortune cookie. It's like at, this, at it's at, at, at Tao there. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. It's, this this surprises me that you're not a you're not a foodie guy because you you just said you eat healthy when you're on the road if you're drinking and and you yeah. just try to stay in shape. And I mean, just before we got on the started started recording, I mean you. You said you, you did some local sushi. So, I mean, I don't, that's, that surprises me a little bit. A lot of foodie. I, well, first off, when you're on the road with Shorthouse and Garrett, you have no chance, right? So you can <laughs> go to whatever bad places and you try to order the house. <laughs> there. And when Nolan Baumgartner was playing, uh, we would sometimes watch that show, you know, uh, Diners, Drives, and Dives. And yeah. if we were going to a city, we'd go find one of those places and eat something they featured. So not real fine dining, but finding some of those quirky places. But uh, I'm embarrassed to say uh, the creatures of habit we are on the road is it's disgusting. And um, I've told the story on a podcast before, so I'll really say it quickly. But this is what I'm dealing with with Shorthouse and Garrett. We're in Chicago. I mean, 
how many great, restaurants? Great city. Yeah, like a, a million great restaurants. Hmm. And right down on, uh, you know, the Magnificent Mile. I was going to do a podcast. So I said, guys, I'll meet you. Where are you going? And they said, we'll be at TGI Fridays. <laughs> oh, and I was like, okay, like enough is enough. I'm not going to TGI Fridays. We're in Chicago. Let's just find something better. And so it was, this was a text. Five minutes later, fine. See you at the Cheesecake Factory. That's what they went up to. That was what they improved to. Like it's so, good. Yeah, there's a million great places that you can go to. It's got to be some chain like TGI Fridays. That's that blows my. You could have went to the Billy Goat for. If I mean, there's a billion cool places you could have went, even for nostalgia. I mean, it's embarrassing. TGI yeah. Fridays. Oh, that's right, Dan. I got to ask you kind of a random silly question. Um, I think I've heard that uh, John Garrett's a big fan of ketchup. Mm-hmm. Is he as big of a fan of ketchup as Patrick Mahomes? I would say definitely. Wow. Okay. I love ketchup myself, so I just got to know. He, puts, he dips his pepperoni pizza in ketchup. What? Yeah. He, oh, man, yeah, what an animal. Also, he puts, like, uh, tortilla chips in ketchup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was strange for the things I put ketchup on, but holy. But if you're having steak, he's dipping it in ketchup. Now, he blames it on being a part of a massive family growing up, and so they didn't have money for expensive meats, and so they ate ketchup, but... He has money now not to eat ketchup all the time, uh, but he still loves it. He's a toddler. That's what he is. <laughs> nice. I like it. He's a decent guy. His mustache gets him by. So Yeah, He's great okay. guy. Um, you and uh, Kevin Bieksa have uh, a very interesting relationship. It's mm-hmm. uh, been well-documented or maybe a little bit documented. Um, you've seen him come up the ranks, obviously, as a player. Um, he's now retired, and he's been on – I mean, he's essentially now a mainstay for Hockey Night in Canada and will probably um, continue to grow there. Um, is there anything that we don't know from your guys' friendly ribbings? And uh, the second part of that would be, uh, how do we kidnap Scott Oak so that you can get that job eventually? Um, well, I probably won't answer the second one. But he lives <laughs> we could talk about it after. <laughs> he lives in my bag. Um, no, I mean, the relationship with Kevin was basically because I had just started in the job he came in in 03 i think 03 04 and so we kind of we're starting at the same time and kevin was a different cat in the fact that you know when you land at a hotel he ever gets out of the bus and players go one way and the coaches go one way and the broadcasts go another way and, you know a, a couple times a year kevin would get off the bus say what are you guys doing i want to come for beers with you guys so he was always looking to find different people to, to chat with uh, and so we kind of you know started a relationship that way uh, it grew and, you know, just with his personality and his ability to have fun, um, he was always a great interview. So that was an easy part. And, you know, we've remained friends to this day. Um, you know, I don't see him, I might see him once a year, uh, text, you know, once a month uh, during the playoffs more. Um, but you know, I'm happy he's doing so well. I'm not sure what his role will be, will be moving forward. He lives in Southern California. He's back down now, but, uh, I think certainly, uh, after his performance in the playoffs, uh, you know, Rogers will likely be trying to get him under their belt somehow. So I got to ask you then, uh, is BX a better hockey player or a better broadcaster? He's a pretty darn good hockey player, uh, considering uh, nobody thought he'd have a good career. But he, you know, I'll, I'll make the caveat, he's a better hockey player now, but I guess he has a chance to be, uh, if he wants to, a real special type of, uh, of broadcaster. It's kind of like, 
I mean, Ray Ferraro, uh, other network, mm-hmm. um, but lives down the street from me. The guy scored 400 plus goals in the league. He was a tremendous player. Might be a better broadcaster, right? Like, so I'll say it in that caveat um, that I think he has a chance that if he wants to, um, he could do really well in this business. That's fair. Ted, you had a question, I think, for, for Dan. You had something on there. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it was, I mean, this is in regards to this, this strange team that we could possibly have for the upcoming season, but, um, Jalen Chatfield aside, is there a guy, you know, cause it's, it seems to happen every year that there's a guy that makes this team not every year, but every few years, a guy that makes this team who nobody really expected had a chance to make this team. Um, sometimes that's a, a young buck who maybe was like a little further than, than we thought in development. Maybe that's a, a Jack Skilly wanted to chew through a rope. I mean, is there a guy that you see that's either been with the organization or somebody they've signed or, or, or a rookie that, that might have a chance to make this squad in the upcoming year that maybe nobody's thinking about? Well, not that nobody's thinking about it. I just don't know up front. I don't know the avenue to get there. They have so many guys, right? So many contracts. And I don't think there's an appetite to bury those guys all in, in the minors. And they don't have the cap room, quite frankly, to do it. Um, the one guy that I think is going to be interesting uh, is uh, Niels Hoaglander. So I, I, he is going to be coming over for training camp, right? It's not, this is not a Pod Coles and Pod Coles and can't come until his KHL season's done. Yeah. So we might see him halfway through the season and, and I think he'll have an impact. But now that there's kind of a spot in the top six, when you think about it, um, you know, where's Vertanen playing? He's likely not playing on the second line if both of us lines are shut down line. So is Jake on the top line? Like, I don't know how long Travis Green will go with that. So I just think there's a bit of a possibility, unless they're moving JT Miller to center on the third line, but let's not get into that now. So I think there's a possibility that there is a spot on one of the top two lines. So what if Hoaglander comes in and is just dynamite and doesn't look out of place? You know, maybe he gets a chance. But I think once you make that decision, then he's with you guys for the whole season. Uh, so you, you better make sure. But that's the one guy I think at training camp I'm really excited to see. I, I, I will say this to Rathbone. I want to see Rathbone and Rafferty. Um, and I think kind of similar style players, but I, I think that a lot of people believe that Rathbone is, uh, is ahead. Uh, so I want to see those two guys as well. I think that'll be real fun. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of exciting prospects, I think, and which is uh, again, that new hype. It's not uh, that same core that uh, you're just saying, well, when are they going to add one more piece so they can make their next run? It's, it's all the young guys now. Exactly. Um, yeah, and you have to make room for those guys. Yeah, and you need these guys in your team because, you, especially moving forward, when you're going to be shelling out twenty million to Pedersen and Hughes, um, you better find guys that are on entry level contracts can play. Yeah, you got to play a little bit of money ball, Brady. Yeah, Dan, um, you were able to cover the Sedins for pretty much their entire career as Vancouver Canucks. Um, obviously, a great final game in Vancouver, and then the next year. Everyone's kind of thinking we're going to be really bad. Uh, we don't have a superstar coming in. And who shows up? Elias Pettersson. Um, obviously, he was amazing on the ice. His, you know, 10 goals in his first 10 games. Um, but like off the ice as well, as you got to know him, as you know, talking to him all the time, how long did it take you to kind of realize, hey, like this is, this is the next wave. Like this is the next big player here in Vancouver. You know, yeah. As a player and as like, you know, someone off the ice as well. Someone who's really serious about, you know, being a good hockey player. Yeah, I, I don't know Elias, Elias uh, that well yet. He's kind of one guy, so he's kind of a little bit, not guarded, but, you know, he'll talk to you. On the road is a better time, obviously. There's not as many people around, but I haven't really gotten in deep with him. But 
I'll say that you knew early on, like I didn't like that first game against Calgary scores. Like I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was basically going off what everybody said. I'm no prospects expert, but how can he at this size, how can he succeed? And is he going to get hurt? Like I just was going off the narrative because that's all I knew. I hadn't watched the guy a ton. Um, but there, you know, there's some guys that are like just hockey, right? This may be even life driven, but this guy's hockey driven, life driven. You just knew that he, once, once he succeeded, you knew that he was going to keep pushing forward. Like, so guys, you don't have to worry about there's certain players like that. Like Quinn Hughes is like that too, almost like hockey nerds. So I knew pretty early on that when he was unfazed by the attention he was getting from other teams, he was still able to produce. I knew that at that point that he was the real deal. He was legit. Yeah, he's 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 done okay. He's okay. He's done okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Dan, uh, I think uh, we've pretty much taken a, a ton of your time. I I have one final question for you, and we'll let you go. Um, we got to know how's Peach because I've got a golden retriever as well. And uh, is Peach as jealous as every other golden that's out there? She's doing well right now. My wife's feeling under the weather, so she's upstairs in the bed, probably under the covers. Um, she is, yes, very jealous and like any golden, driven by food. She doesn't have a lot of faults. Like she failed pads. Um, for allergies, she was going to fail anyway. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but uh, the only fault she has is that she, if there's stuff on the counter and we're not around, she's got nothing. Uh... We just went out for a fresh loaf of bread, gone. Uh, oh, man. You know, a big pound of butter. Oh, no. And I put them, push them back where she usually can't get them. I've made like 15, eight of them gone. And then and what are we going to do? Hit her? No. So, I mean, she's not, she's going to keep doing it. Put that way. She doesn't get punished for it. We're like, good to oh, know. There's no hope for the rest of us. So that's good. Yeah. Well, there's not much you can do other than sprinkling cayenne over your counter which is ridiculous and that's not happening so you gotta just forget anyway yeah the golden gets the meatballs that's the way it works perfect well thanks so much dan um we do appreciate you coming on our little uh venture the pp1 podcast uh 66 episodes strong the magnificent mario episode and we have a magnificent guest in yourself um i I guess i'll say my thank you very much and uh you guys if any final words other than that we'll let We'll let Dan into the evening here. No, other than, yeah, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, we just appreciate watching you each and every week, so keep doing your thing because uh, we'll keep looking out. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Love having you on the show. Uh, just a quick question as a BCIT journalism student. Do you have any advice for me? I would say uh, the one thing is, because you're going to hear everybody say there's no money, there's no jobs, you know, the, the business is shrinking, blah, blah, blah. It's true, but there's a lot more avenues now in terms of uh digital uh producing digital content uh, you can start your own blog your own podcast you can create your own tv which all these things you couldn't do so there's a there's a, a better way to get noticed uh now than when i started so um i would say don't believe all the doom and gloom and the second thing is just learn to do everything you're doing a podcast already but learn how to write learn go in front of your camera learn how to do radio segments which what you're doing right now uh, because the more skills you have, I mean, in this day and age, the, the employer is going to want you to produce on multiple platforms, for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, that's good advice. Thanks, Dan. You well, know. hopefully we're watching some hockey here in a couple months. Crossing our fingers. Christmas Day, hopefully. I know. Hang in there. When you find out, let me know. It will do.
Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dan. Cheers, Dan. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. Cool. Nice guy. What a pro. You know what? We forgot. Ah, oh, crap. What? We didn't say thanks, Murph. Ah. Uh, That's what happens. We did it. That just got it. We're a new podcast, everyone. We're a new podcast, so these are the kind of things that we got to work towards um, for the next time. Maybe maybe we'll yeah. talk to them when they're making their their next big run. So um, <laughs> I don't know when that's going to be. Who knows where they're going to play again? But uh, yeah, having, yeah, having Dan Murphy was pretty good, and Brady. Um, are you happy that you skipped your your podcast or with with Dan in, in BCIT? What did he mean by that? What did he say exactly again? He did a tutorial. I have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yes, know. I, I one. Didn't hear anything? Him coming to the school for journalism or anything? Like I didn't. One guaranteed listener, Brady, this week. I don't know. Nice. Yeah. That's, so that's nice. So how are you guys holding up in uh, in the cove? Easy peasy. Not a whole lot has changed. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Brady, how you we I'm just not at your house. That's the only thing. Sorry, yeah, B. True. Go ahead. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Okay, I didn't know we were still recording. My Absolutely. Bad. Oh, man, things are boring as hell in Vancouver. Honestly, I was really pumped to come down for school, which I am. I'm, I'm still excited I'm going to school, but I don't know. Just uh, online school sucks, especially in a time with COVID. And when, especially when you're in a city, when those those uh, cases are, are rising and it's hard to make friends, so. But I'm getting through it. One more week school, then I'll one one month Christmas break. So one whole month, eh? Yeah, Good they give you. us like thirty straight days. Yeah, crazy. Well, I I maintain that when you're down here for Christmas break and Ryan, I guess you're invited to. Wow. We'll go play a little shinny. Yeah, we should. We should get together with masks. Bring the podcast gear, obviously. So with, with mm-hmm. masks, we'll have masks yeah. too. Speaking of friends, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention online. Um, our sponsor, Owners Box. Do you know they're giving away an Xbox this weekend? Yeah, that's crazy. So get in, sign up, put some money on the board. Every dollar that you wager in contests this weekend, you get an entry to win the brand new, is it Xbox One? Is that what it's called? A new X-Bone? The, like the, the, the one that's been out for a long time? That's what they're giving away? No, like the new one that just came out. The new okay, Xbox. That's, that's not, yeah, there you go. Okay. So... Get in there and um, through the Blundell Network, I believe, this weekend only, Dean Blundell, we're part of the podcast network there, um, you can put in, I mean, I don't have that kind of money right now, but you can put up to 500 bucks this weekend only, Black Friday special, and they will match up to $500 of your uh, first deposit. Yeah, that's, that's a that's $500. Deal. $500. So if you got a few extra bucks, and I know a few people that do, I do not. Get in there, put the money in your new owner's box account, go wager it on some contests. You can try to school us in a little fantasy football because there's no other sports going on right now you can wager on, maybe some golf. Um, and go win yourself an Xbox. Come at us. We can do a PP1 Invitational. It doesn't have to be for cash if you got their owner's box on there. So hit them up, hit us up, and let's, let's have some fun. Let's go win some video games, folks. I don't know. Right on, right on. Seems like a good idea. Seems like a good idea. And then when hockey comes back, oh, folks, <laughs> we're going to be spending some money on that old app. I'm going to be taking I'm your ask money. you guys a quick question. Sure. I know, Ryan, you're you're a little bit behind. You, have, you just got the PS4. Yeah, brand right? new. That's the new one, right? Yeah, I guess. But PS5, for the PS5, I got a question for you guys. It's new to you. It's new to me. I was thinking about getting the 
the PS5, which is played on like it's 8K or something like that. But what if I don't have an 8K TV? What if you don't have a job? I know. I don't. Like, I mean, <laughs> I write a little bit for a living, but... Uh, like, priority-wise, you probably shouldn't buy one. But if you're talking to mom and dad about maybe hooking you up with one, then that would be pretty rad. I just sense. mean, is it worth buying it if you don't have an 8K TV? Yeah. I saw a guy had a tube television. It was like a 32-inch. He's like, the graphics suck. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, laughed so hard. I mean, there's like, there's, there's like 8K, I don't even, is that where we're at now? We're at 8K? There's 8K, 8K yeah. movies and stuff. You're not watching that on, on your regular TV, but they're still worth watching, right? Oh, for sure. But I mean, I just, you kind of need that. Your questions then. Hey, I'm trying to help you prioritize here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a little off topic. I, I like it. Um, and I did, uh, I did reveal a, a confession a couple weeks ago. Um, I have gotten better. I am uh, loosely scoring some goals in be a pro, so I'm figuring some things out. But uh, one loose final, goals, sorry, loose goals though. Yeah, they're loose goals. They're. Are we talking NHL 21? Yeah. PS. Ooh, you updated. Nice. Yeah, I... that be a pro is fun, eh? It, well, when you're winning, yeah, it's great. When you're getting your ass kicked, it sucks. So, and that happens a lot. Um, Ted, you and I were talking about this earlier this week, and what are we uh, talking about when I? came over to your house and schooled you no that happened though that was very embarrassing to my to my soul um this was a really rough week um our oldest uh basically had the world <laughs> the world crushed. Yeah. um she found out about all the fictional characters that uh they are non-existent yeah if your little ones are listening to this right now maybe turn it off mute it yeah um oh no so monday Monday was the Tooth Fairy. Tuesday was Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, and they just mailed their letters on Sunday. Pretty brutal. Um, and uh, we had to basically uh, fess up for the rest. She's a smart kid, so, I mean, she she called us out on, and she's like, what about uh, what about everything else? Or, you know, that that was a tough one. We, we had a good, uh, long father-daughter talk about that because that's you know you want to keep the magic alive right i mean and next she's going to find out that there's actually um, um, a person inside the suit of gritty you're just going to ruin it for her. they get that part they, they understand that. Let, don't ruin it for me ted Jeez, don't don't go crushing souls right away here so anyway it's been a rough week for me and uh i don't envy every other parent when that conversation i still have one more of those conversations so and i know for the other one uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be ten times worse. So um yeah, you know, I'm happy to be podcasting today. Let's put it that way. I don't know what it was, but for when I was a kid and I was getting this all sorted out, my mom she'd come clean about everything, but she wouldn't do it for Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know why. She was just, no, no, Christmas is what you wanted to believe it to be. <laughs> that's the that's the almost like the like the the half parent guilt thing, right? Like it's almost like they're on the like I'm very disappointed in you or like the like you know like the dad the dad the disappointed dad same thing with the mom like it's whatever you want it to be I don't know if I believe okay well if you don't believe that's fine whatever you think and it's yeah. like now you feel like you can't do anything but believe right and yeah so, exactly so seeing isn't believing believing is seeing all right quote right there yeah Alan. oh well so anyway that uh 
I think that pretty much wraps it up. <laughs> I don't think you can. We can be any more of a Debbie Downer. So, um, any final words, Brady? Yeah, this episode took a real turn after Dan left us. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm just excited uh, to be back in Kelowna in a couple of weeks. Beauty. Yeah. We'll be excited to have you, quarantined and all. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're bored and you're looking for a pick me up, just go throw on a, a dig me tape or top ten highlights for for Pedersen or. Or Hughes and and I did that the other day and I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but it was a good one. Well, it's great, man. I mean, I think they just released uh, the top ten goals by Pavel Bure the other day. It was, I mean, they've released it plenty of times over the years, but whoo! Still, I watched the uh, the Kirby Doc gif of, of him making that pass cross crease another four or five times today. Like that pass is just so ridiculous. It's nasty. I just yeah. want to see that in a game, not in a shinny game. I want to see like a pro or even like if that happens at the world juniors like that top 10 all time That's yeah i'm telling you it reminds me so much of the williams back elbow pass the the nba mm-hmm. pass the white chocolate pass i don't know brady if you you know what, what i'm talking about but i'll send a link you guys gotta check that, that out it's, it's bang on yeah well it's highlights gotta love them yeah well they've got nothing else right so on behalf of brady on behalf of ted i'm ryan This is episode 66 of the PP1 Podcast, part of the Dean Blundell Network. Make sure you check us out on iTunes or Apple Music or Spotify or, hey, Anchor when it drops right away. Um, Check us out. Go to Owner's Box. Put some money down. Go win an Xbox. Let us know. And we'll we'll do some hanging out. Until next week, folks. Peace out. Peace out. Don't skip this ad. I saw your finger. You were trying to skip the ad. I didn't want to do this, and now we're stuck in it together. I'm Ryan. I'm the host of The Lens Report. The Lens Report is a snarky, humorous, yet balanced look at the headlines that fill your timeline every day. We're going to get straight to the point without muddying any of the waters. And remember, The Lens Report is not your parents' news commentary. We swear a lot here, like a whole lot. So tune in and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and find us at criermedia.co or wherever you get your fine podcasts, like they say at the end of all of these ads. It's podcasting. Why are we doing ads? The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.